Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. rolls on. Welcome into Fantasy Football Today at DFS on Thursday, February 10th. I am Frank Stample, joined as always by Mike McClure and Tina Jod. And today on the podcast, finally, we have our Super Bowl DFS mega preview. Stealing that phrase from our friends over at the early edge, of course. We'll talk about captain strategy, showdown lineup rules, and then we'll deep dive the matchups. We'll look at each position, we'll look at their salary, and of course, we'll break it all down for you here today on the podcast. And of course, we, uh, we'll, we'll have a sneaky pick from my dad, the Don, and we'll wrap up the show with our cheat sheet, our favorite chalk contrarian and captain picks for this weekend slate. What's going on, Sia? How has the week been for you so far? I know normally this can be uh, kind of a crazy time, uh, Super Bowl week. I'm sorry, I'm fully distracted, as you know, pre-show, by a, a first-round leader bet I made on KH Lee uh, earlier today. So you said you started the show with We Are Rolling Along, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to the next three hours watching golf. As far as the Super Bowl, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, there's an outside shot I actually might be there. When I say outside shot, I mean very outside. So that'll definitely change up the week a little bit if I end up catching a flight real late and, and heading to the game. But no, I'm excited. You know, the thing about the Super Bowl, though, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, it's the end of the season. So it's like really hard for me to really look forward to something that I know puts finality on something that I really love. I mean, fortunately, there's other sports um, that I can, you know, focus on now. But I don't know. It's a little bittersweet. See, I mean, I knew you had a good DFS year, but man, if you're going to the game or have the option to go to the game, you must be rolling in the dough. So. Well, I don't have the option yet, and, and to the extent I do, it's because somebody else's dough is probably uh, helping me out, but uh, it would be a really cool experience to, to go, obviously. All right, Mike, how you doing, buddy? Uh, how has the week been so far for you? I know last we spoke, you were talking about all these different live streams going on. I know you got early edge. Uh, it's a busy time leading up to the Super Bowl. Busy time leading up to the Super Bowl, but we love it. Uh, I just want the game to start now at this point, right? We, we've talked about it for a week and a half. Uh, I'm ready for it. And yeah, I can't wait. I like Sia. I am a little sad. I always get a little sad when it ends. Um, you know, I was sad, probably more sad a couple weeks ago or a week and a half ago when the Chiefs lost. Uh, obviously, I was hoping to go to the Super Bowl myself, hoping to be out there, not going to go without Kansas City being there, of course. So, you know, it is what it is, but good opportunity to sit home on the couch and try to print some money on DraftKings. Yeah, I know this is normally the time that we get to right the middle of Super Bowl week where we're just like, come on, man, like, let's speed it up. We want the game to start already. We've been talking about it for a while now. So I think we've officially hit that point, but we haven't hit that point when it comes to DFS because uh, we haven't really broke down this game yet from a showdown perspective. We did a little a little bit of that on last week's podcast. If you went back and listened to that or watched it on demand, we do appreciate that. But see, we're back here for DFS few questions for you. How many lineups are you looking to play this weekend? What kind of contests are you looking to play? And are, are you going to change it up? I know typically, you know, lots of single entries, three entries, but, you know, last last slate of the year, do you want to change it up? Maybe jump in the millionaire contest. I know that's a 150 max enter. So how crazy are we getting uh, for Super Bowl weekend? Probably not too crazy. I mean, I, I think I'm going to stick to my game plan of just playing, you know, various single entries, like maybe three or four single entry contests that I normally play and uh, maybe a couple three maxes. I might experiment with some of the MMEs, some of the, the max entry ones, but with lower dollar amounts, I just I just don't think I have much of an edge there unless I'm putting in a ton of lineups. So am I going to do maybe one lineup for fun because it's the Super Bowl? I guess, but it's not something I'm really focused on. I mean, from a bankroll management standpoint, if that's more than like 5% of what I'm putting in there or maybe more than 10%, then I'm probably doing it wrong. So for me, I'm just going to keep it to the single entries, maybe a couple three max. 
Same question for you, Mike. What are we looking at in terms of DFS this weekend? How many lineups are we looking to play? What kind of contests are you entering? I know earlier in the season, you were very, very big on Showdown where you're entering, you know, at times up to 100 lineups in a given contest. So uh, what are you planning to do this weekend? So this weekend, I'll do my normal, like, five lineups that I'll play and I'll have those sprinkled across single entries and three maxes. And then I'm going to bump it up to 20 total. Uh, the 20 total on DraftKings, that is, will be in the main millionaire maker. And then, and again, they have a 20 max entry tournament. So I'll have that max to 20 and then I'll play those same 20 in the 150 maxes over on FanDuel. I'll be playing 50 to 100 uh, teams in their millionaire maker. Theirs is a, it's a much cheaper buy-in there. So on DraftKings, it's a $15 buy-in. On FanDuel, it's a $5 buy-in. Um, so it's a lot less risk. Uh, it's a, a lot easier to max that one out. So I'll play between 50 and 100 on, on FanDuel there. All right, good to know. Yeah, if people want to take a shot at the Millionaire Contest, again, $15 over on DraftKings, $5 over on FanDuel this weekend. Let's start off with just strategy. And these are things that we talked about even before the season started when we, we had a an entire podcast dedicated to showdown strategy. But I think like anything else, and we've talked about this from a betting perspective, from a DFS perspective, see, we have to make sure, especially in a one-game lineup like this, in the showdown format, that your lineups correlate. So what is the most likely game flow that you are expecting here between the Rams and the Bengals? Um, and, you know, how many different, you know, how, how often, how much are you changing up the possibility of that game flow? So obviously, like, you'll have your main game flow, like, whatever, the Rams win the game. But then how often are you changing that in the other lineups that you're making as well? It's a great question because you have to t take some stands from a game script standpoint. So I'll probably have like two to three game scripts that are going to manifest themselves in my lineups. The main one, and unfortunately, the main one involved Cam Akers as my captain, you know, behind a defense, maybe behind Matt Gay, the field goal kicker, and some pass catchers on the other side for the Bengals. Not the quarterback, but the pass catchers themselves. The problem with that, and we'll talk about it later, so I won't go too in-depth now, is... We're not 100% sure what Cam Akers' workload is going to be with Daryl Henderson likely being active for that game. And then, of course, Sony Michelle is in there. And, you know, obviously there is a lingering shoulder injury that may be an issue with Cam Akers. So that's something we'll talk about later on in the show. I think it's really important to kind of figure out what you're going to do with that. But so that's my, my, my plan initially is to have maybe Cam Akers or at least the running game as the foundational point. And game script-wise, you're thinking the Bengals are going to be having to play comeback ball in the second half. I think the other game script that is going to be prevalent for me is knowing that we're not really sure necessarily what's happening with the running backs. Let's put it on Matt Stafford's shoulder, that shoulders. That doesn't mean he's the captain necessarily, but it does mean you might have a, an L.A. Rams pass catcher, and then in your flex spot you have – another receiver and Matt Stafford. So that's another, or you could put Stafford in the, in the captain spot. And then the third game flow for me, it would be, well, okay, what if I'm wrong about the Rams controlling this game? You could always put one of the pass catchers for the Bengals in your captain spot. In my case, I'm kind of taking a stand on T Higgins. He saves me some money. So I, I might put him in the captain spot with Joe Burrow, likely with Jamar Chase, and then figure out the rest of the pieces from there. Obviously Cooper Cup, and Odell, De Odell Beckham likely to be involved to the extent they can fit in those lineups. Yeah, we'll talk about Cam Akers a little bit later on, but you know, as you mentioned, dealing with the shoulder injury and potentially three running backs in the mix. Obviously, Sony Michelle is healthy. Sounds like Daryl Henderson is going to be active here in the Super Bowl as well. Mike, same question to you. Maybe what are the few different uh, game flows, the likely game flows that you're expecting in this game? And uh, if you can explain it, you know, how do you work that into, I know that obviously you use the optimizer a lot when creating these lineups. How do you maybe work game flow into an optimizer uh, when spitting out the best showdown lineups? Yeah, so when you're spitting out the best showdown lineups there and working into the optimizer, you're going to have to do some manual manipulation. So you, that'll be locking certain players in, excluding certain players, uh, bumping projections on some. So some that I personally am doing, I'm betting really heavily on the game being low scoring. Um, just, I, I think that that's going to be a source of edge in the DFS contest. It's not necessarily what I think will happen in the game. Uh, and I think it's important to recognize that, especially when you're building multiple lineups. Uh, I'm not building for what I think is most likely to happen. I'm building for what I think is underpriced, if that makes sense. So like, I think the game can definitely turn into a shootout, but in the scenario that it doesn't become a shootout, 
I think there's a massive edge uh, just through playing the defenses and kickers. So one lineup uh, that I've actually got pulled up right now is a Matt Gay captain lineup. And that's the lineup where both teams kind of struggle. The focus is on McPherson. I like Matt Gay just as much, uh, if not more. Got the Rams defense in there. And then I've got Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow. Uh, Just one pass catcher isolated with the quarterbacks hoping that we get some field goals, some lower scoring, get some pressure on Joe Burrow, some sacks, things like that, uh, just ways to get different. Uh, that's what I'm going to be focused on the most. Um, I'll be fading Jamar Chase pretty heavily. Uh, I don't think I'll have much Jamar Chase at all uh, across my lineups. Just uh, I think that if you take stances in certain spots, I think it's where I would like to go. Uh, I'll talk about why I want to fade Jamar Chase in a little bit, but that's definitely one of the game scripts that I'm building. Another that I'm building, um, I, I think that you have to take stances on the the Rams' backfield. Uh, I think it's smart to take a stance on one of the guys or to take the stance and just completely avoid it. Uh, I think that that's going to be really smart. And then final generic slate notes that I would say. We've talked about this a few times, but it's incredibly valuable in two spots. Showdown NFL, golf. Leave salary cap on the table. If you're using an optimizer, set a rule and make sure. So the salary cap is $50,000. Do not allow yourself to use more than $49,700. I need to leave at least $300 on the table. By doing that, you eliminate so many duplicated lineups. It's unbelievable. I'll have to pull up some of the actual data and maybe tweet that out. But just running through my basic projections that I have right now, just clicking optimize, 12 of the top 20 lineups use $49,800 or more, 12 of them. So those 12 lineups would immediately be eliminated. Those are 12 of the most popular lineups. When you have one game, the median projections from my source and all the other sources around the industry are going to spit out a very, very, very similar lineup. So you can bet that they're going to have very similar price points on them. So the easiest way to get different, the easiest way to get different isn't necessarily always going to be manually forcing that different game script. It's just simply limiting what it'll allow the computer to spit out. Or again, keep in mind if you're doing it by hand, uh, I would even drop that number down to 49,500. And I think you're going to have a lot of differentiation, which is going to be critical in this one game slate. I think it's a great point that you bring up, Mike, because it's it's a mental block for anyone who plays DFS. I mean, you want to maximize the value of your players, and by trying to jam as many players within that salary as you possibly can, uh, I, I think that's it's just like a natural inclina- inclination that, that we like to do when playing DFS. So uh, I struggle with it as well. I think it's a mental block, but again, I think it's a good way to get different in this spot with so many people playing on this one game slate. Uh, yeah, I think leaving salary on the table makes a lot of sense. See, so yeah, what is your typical captain strategy? You've already mentioned a few names here. I know you, you brought up T Higgins. Mike mentioned uh, kickers already. And I'm, ha- I'm happy he did. We'll talk about kickers a little bit later on as well, but what's your typical strategy? four captains and uh, who are some of your favorites to target in this specific game? Yeah, for, I mean, the strategy here for me is first of all, you know, I think quarterback people have the perception like quarterbacks going to, to get you know, most of the points. And, and I think that, you know, that's true to an extent, but that's not really where I'm going here. I, I think you, again, you have to take a stand on how the game is going to flow. And so for me, it's, it was the Rams running game, which again, we might get more clarity on later. We might not. And and here's the thing. If we don't get more clarity and we just think, hey, we're not sure who's going to quote and have the hot hand. One way to get different at that point is to play Cam Akers because nobody is going to play him. I mean, not nobody, but most people are just going to either avoid the backfield or put or most likely put one of those running backs that they think is going to get run in the flex spot. So one way to potentially get different on game day is to just take the stand on Cam Akers and say, I, I think he's the most talented running back. Uh, Sean McVay has has clearly shown a commitment to him coming off an Achilles injury and just throwing him in as the starter. Sony Michelle hasn't done much lately, 10 carries for 16 yards last game. Certainly nothing impressive at 1.6 yards per carry. So there's an argument still to be made for Akers. So I still will have him in the captain spot with Probably the Rams defense, again, maybe maybe uh, Matt Gay and some pass catchers on the way back. On the other side of the ball, because pricing is so restrictive and so, I mean, the pricing is really kind of high, higher than I'd want it to be. So I, I'm not just going to jam Joe Burrow in the captain spot or Cooper Cup necessarily. I think for me, I'm taking the stand on 
Cam Akers, if 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 I think that's if if I think that's what is going to be if if I think that's who's going to be the leading running back on city, it's going to be Cam Akers or it's going to be one of the pass catchers. I agree with Mike that it's probably going to be T. Higgins for me. I'm expecting a pretty good game out of him. I like his catch prop of over five and a half receptions, even though it's getting plus money right now. And I think he's a very talented, underappreciated receiver that's likely going to be more of a safety blanket for Joe Burrow, especially if they're in a negative game script, if that's an, if that ends up happening. So it's T. Higgins, it's Cam Akers, and you know, a third one might be Cooper Cup. I'll just suck it up and, and put Cooper Cup in the captain spot. And then, of course, that's going to implicate Matt Stafford. I might throw an Odell Beckham there and, and just go from there with however much money I have left. Mike, I think this might be another mental block situation when it comes to the showdown slate where people just assume that they should throw the highest scoring player in the captain spot. That's not necessarily the case because over on DraftKings, when you put a player in the captain spot, their salary uh, moves up by 1.5x. So obviously that becomes very prohibitive because you want to put Cooper Cup or Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow in the captain spot, but then it makes everything else in your lineup harder to figure out. So we have this puzzle piece where, you, all right, maybe you find someone in the mid-range that you think can maybe outscore their projections and you want to get that player in the captain spot so that you can fit other players in as well. So how do you typically handle this situation and who are some names that you like in this spot? Yeah, this is tough. Uh, I first want to talk about what, what Sia mentioned with the pricing and why it feels so tight. It feels tight because these teams don't use those secondary players like other teams do. Like, think about Kansas City. We would have Pringle. We would have Hardman. We'd have Demarcus Robinson. You have the backup tight ends. You'd have the tight ends for Tampa Bay. You have some of those cheaper running backs. Neither one of these teams, like the targets are so concentrated. That's why the pricing feels so restrictive. Uh, but as far as captains for me, I it's going to be Cooper Cup at the top. Um, I'm not playing either quarterback at captain. Uh, it's really difficult to win. In a cash game, it's fine. It's totally fine in a cash game. It provides a decent floor. But winning a tournament, which is what I am personally trying to do at the Super Bowl at least, um, is what I'm most concerned with. I'm not as concerned on the final slate with trying to min cash and grinding out a little profit. I, I'm trying to make a lot of money on the Super Bowl or I'm basically losing the entry and moving on to next season, right? So what I'm looking at here, though, for a quarterback, it's incredibly difficult for them to be an optimal captain because if one wide receiver out there catches two of the touchdowns or has 100 yards, 10 catches, and the touchdown, it's going to be incredibly difficult for them unless they're racking up rushing yards, scoring rushing touchdowns. Neither one of these QBs has really shown the ability to be massive runners and have that really high floor. Like with Mahomes, Murray, all those guys, you have half a touchdown built into their score just from their rushing upside. You don't have that here. So they're crossed off the list for me. T Higgins is my favorite on the Cincinnati side, but I'm actually going to Joe Mixon. Uh, I like Joe Mixon in this spot just because he is one of the players that still could within a reasonable doubt, still be the top scoring player on the slate. He could easily land in the end zone twice, once from a pass, once from a rush. Like it could definitely happen. He's not going to be the focus because they haven't been able to run the ball very well. I've also already bet his under. So it might seem weird, like, why are you playing him in the captain if you bet his under? Because I personally think that he's going to still be involved in the red zone should they get there, right? So that's why I want to play him. The ownership is going to be low enough there. Then next for me is going to be Odell Beckham. Uh, but it's going to be focusing on players that can catch passes and find the end zone, have those large workloads. It's hard to get Cooper Cup in. So the last thing I'll recommend here, which is, again, counterproductive to the Joe Mixon lineup. However, and obviously it's a very different lineup. Because there are so few cheap players on this slate, I do it all the time in the NBA when we get to the NBA Finals, especially on FanDuel. I take a zero intentionally. I'll pick someone who could, in a wild scenario, see the floor. Same thing here. For me, I'm going to punt a spot in this game. And I'm going to punt that spot with Chris Evans. The reason why I'm going to do that is because that is the biggest leverage point here. Joe Mixon, Smaji P. Ryan could see heavy workload if Burrow is under pressure. Either one of those two guys gets hurt in any way, shape, or form in this game. Chris Evans is $400. If not, I punt with him. He's my final spot. If I'm able to punt with him, now I can comfortably get Burrow, Higgins, Cup, and Stafford easily, and one of the kickers if I want to, in the same lineup. So that's something I want you guys to strongly consider in some of your Cooper Cup type lineups, because the other thing, if Cooper Cup is going off and scoring the, the amount of fantasy points needed to be the optimal captain, 
there's a chance that Chris Evans is just simply on the field for even a play when they're in a hurry up situation, anything like that, there is a chance that he sees the field and he is a legitimate weapon in the passing game for them. All right. You're right. Go ahead. Frank. I just, I just want to add, I'm looking at one of the four lineups I've already made. Chris Evans is in it and Cooper cup is the captain. And I've got just a mix in between there, of course. And, and the, and the idea was, and Mike mentioned this on the last show and I, and I, and I taking that advice, he either gets something or he doesn't, but that doesn't mean you don't win because he doesn't get something if, if the the five guys you have end up being optimal. So that's definitely something to consider. There's a few guys like Jake Funk is in there, which honestly wouldn't really – he wouldn't really matter if, if uh, let's say, Daryl Henderson is active. Like Jake Funk is probably not going to touch the ball. But there are guys down there that at least have a possibility – obviously, Skoronek is, is on there too – that have the possibility to touch the ball and po- the possibility to maybe get get a touchdown. But – uh, even if they don't, uh, you might be okay. Yeah. Plus, look, Jake Funk just has a cooler name. So if you just want to punt the spot True. anyway, like why not? True. I mean, he's two hundred dollars less than than Chris Evans. But those are the ones. Those are the sub one k punt options on on this slate. It's Skoranek, who is six hundred. Chris Evans four hundred. Jake Funk, and then a bunch of other. Who are these guys? Uh, those guys are priced down at two hundred dollars. And Mike, I'm happy you brought up the Joe Mixon prop that you took because as soon as you said it, I'm like, wait a second. What are you doing here, Mike? Because I know that you don't really like Joe Mixon, but it makes sense from a DFS perspective. And I know that you've mentioned almost like hedging your your bets and, and playing DFS together at the same time. So I do think that makes a ton of sense as well. Uh, before we move into the actual game and the matchups, uh, Mike, I did just real quickly want to ask you about showdown lineup rules. And I know that this is something that you've talked a lot about before in the past as well. So just real qu- a quick run through the things that maybe matter most to you. If you play a quarterback, how many of his past catchers should you include in that same lineup should you maybe try to stack a running back with a defense together what kind of game flows can you play kickers in can you play both kickers together what are some rules that you look at in the showdown format yeah i'll start with the kickers uh you can definitely play both kickers together in my opinion when it's this kind of game and what i mean by this kind of game it's a dome it's a controlled environment they both have the leg strength to kick 50 yard field goals uh so that's one that i'd be very open to it. And then furthermore, we've talked about the severe lack of value. There's not a ton of $3,000 players like there would be on a normal slate. Uh, So their floor and ceiling is quite high for their price point. So definitely can play both of them. Um, If you wanted to play a quarterback in the captain spot, I would triple stack them in this game. I think that that's really the only way that a quarterback becomes the truly optimal captain is if you were to triple stack them. Um, So on the Bengals side, you want to play Joe Burrow. I would probably play him with Chase Higgins and then either Boyd or Joe Mixon, people who can catch passes. But I would triple stack it, bet on them putting up enough points for him to truly get there. Uh, I think it's highly unlikely that it comes all to one of the receivers personally. Uh, As far as defenses and running backs, I think that that's fine. Uh, But I think what's most interesting here, the two most interesting things that can also allow you to get different, it's okay to play a defense against several players. So I'll have lineups with three Bengals in them with the Rams defense and potentially even a Bengals captain player uh, with the Rams defense. So There are many scenarios where the Rams defense can have a big day, can score a defensive touchdown, which, again, creates more opportunity for Cincinnati to throw the football, rack up reception points for some of the receivers. So don't be afraid of that. It's very unconventional when you think about it in your head. And then the last one would be, say you want to play Cooper Cup at the captain spot, right? You naturally are going to want to plug Matthew Stafford in in that spot. Not necessary. If all of the action goes to Cooper Cup from Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford probably isn't going to outscore Joe Burrow. It's okay to stack the opposite quarterback with someone like Cooper Cup in that spot because Cooper Cup having a big day is definitely correlated to more opportunity for Joe Burrow to throw. We've seen a little bit of uh, Joe Burrow wanting to run over the last few weeks. So just little things like that. Um, I, I think can really help make a difference. And again, it's a one game slate. So you just need that guy to outscore him by literally three to four yards in some of these situations. All right. Good stuff there from Mike. If you haven't already joined our FFT DFS Super Bowl showdown contest, it's our biggest contest yet. 200 entries, $5 to enter. The top 20 gets paid out and you can find the link in the podcast or the YouTube description. I know that we've tweeted it out a few times already. Mike, I know that you're offering up a special prize for those who finish in the top three. I don't want to mess up the name here. So remind people of the, the, the NFT that you'll be giving out to the top three winners here. 
They are three tenacious tigers, uh, an NFT project that I'll actually be involved with going forward. Um, so very excited about that. Very excited to distribute to those to a lot of the people in the community. And I'll definitely help anyone and everyone get set up if they are interested in trying to obtain one of the tigers. All right, Mike, I think you and I are going to have to talk afterwards, too, because I've tried to get into the NFT space, you know, top shot, the sports stuff for sure. Um, these like avatar picture ones I've kind of struggled with. So we'll talk afterwards and we'll figure it out. Um, programming for those who might be wondering what happens after the Super Bowl. It's a good question. We'll have just one podcast next week and it's going to kind of be a send off for a while. It's going to be a season recap, a Super Bowl recap. We'll have some fun. We'll talk about different strategies and things that we noticed throughout the course of the season. But unfortunately, we've got other things going on as well. Obviously, the early edge is ramping up. Uh, I've got some baseball duties. So we're going to say goodbye to FFT DFS following next week for, I don't know, next couple of months. And then of course, as we get closer to like the NFL draft and, you know, best ball season starts rolling back up, uh, then, then the podcast will return. So, uh, just worth mentioning. We appreciate all of you first season here. It's been a lot of fun. We appreciate all of your support. Uh, if you haven't already give us a five-star rating on Apple and, and leave a review, we, we certainly would appreciate that. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to deep dive the game, the matchups, the salaries here on FFT DFS. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. All right, so let's jump right into the game. The Bengals at the Rams. The Rams are now minus three and a half on Caesars. Still seeing some four, some four and a halfs out there as well. So it's interesting. This, this spread is kind of ranging between three and a half and four and a half as of now. The total, 48 and a half for the game. And we'll start with the quarterbacks who we've talked about quite a bit so far here. Matthew Stafford is $10,800 and Joe Burrow is $10,600. They are the second and third highest priced players on the slate, respectively. Sia, what do you think about both quarterbacks? Are you trying to get both in your lineup? Is there one that you like more than the other? Stafford, Burrow, Sia, go. So initially, none of them were making in them. None of them were making it into my lineups, and that's because I was I was focused on the Rams running the ball and the Rams defense dominating the game, and I was putting in Bengals pass catchers, but I wasn't pairing them with Joe Burrow. So. Now, because there is some confusion with the Rams' backfield, I think I'm altering sort of – that's still my primary game script, running the ball behind a stout defense. But I am definitely altering some lineups to Matt Stafford chucking it around, which we know they like to do. It's not like this is a running team. This is a passing team. My thought on running the ball is it's just going to be way easier to run the ball on the Bengals rather than pass. And frankly, you know, I've said this before, if Kansas City had decided to do that in the second half last week, or I should say a week and a half ago, they'd probably be in the Super Bowl uh, instead of the Cincinnati Bengals. You remember McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire were rushing for well over, collectively, well over 5.5 yards per carry. I think on average they were 5.7 yards per carry, and they just kind of abandoned the run. So I think that is the path to kind of handling the Bengals. With that said, Listen, it's certainly within the range of outcomes, like Mike suggested, to fade all of the running backs and play Matt Stafford and play him with Odell Beckham and Cooper Cup. You can kind of rotate who you want in that captain spot. You know, for me, I probably will will want the savings and there's not much savings between Cup and Stafford. So maybe pick one of those two. But I might do one with Odell Beckham, just hoping he gets a, a deep one among among some other catches. So I'm playing Stafford more than I'm playing Joe Burrow. That doesn't mean I'm not playing two of his pass catchers, though. So it's just that's unfortunately the game script I've chosen. It, it, it hasn't paired Burrow with the pass catchers, which I may need to rethink. But that's what I'm doing so far. It's a Rams-dominated game. They're doing it with the run and the pass, perhaps. And then I'm getting uh, one or two pass catchers back with the Bengals. 
All right, Mike, if we're just comparing the quarterbacks here in this spot, just throughout the course of the season, I think Matthew Stafford has been more consistent than Joe Burrow. I think he has a higher floor. On the other side, I do think that Burrow has a higher ceiling, as we saw in Week 16 and 17 when he had those two four-touchdown games. I'm not predicting that's going to happen, but we've seen it happen, so that means uh, it is a possibility. That upside is there for one Joe Burrow. Um, You've already kind of referenced you're not really in on Matthew Stafford, but what do you think about the two at their respective costs in this spot? Yeah, so I'm more likely to play Burrow than Stafford. Uh, The reason for that is just the game scripts that I'm projecting most, and and that's a game script that's neutral or trailing for the Bengals. In the event that the Rams are winning, the Rams are neutral, I still expect involvement in the running game. Matthew Stafford, his fantasy production, in my opinion, is going to be more touchdown dependent uh, than Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow, we see him run a little bit more. I've played this over on his rushing yards already. Uh, I think he can pick up 20 to 30 rushing yards in this game, which again, not insignificant on a one game slate when you're trying to outscore just one other quarterback. Um, but I see the opportunity there, right? I see the opportunity for him to be behind, to rack up those yardage points. Um, so I like Burrow more than Stafford as far as where I'm playing them. I have lineups without either quarterback uh, where I'm focused on pass catchers and field goal kickers because I do think both of these defenses will be able to tighten up just enough in the red zone. Uh, And I think these teams still are a little more conservative than some of the other teams we're used to seeing. Um, So I I do think we see field goals kicked in this game, frankly. Uh, But I'm playing more Burrow than Stafford. Don't have a ton of interest in playing them together unless uh, I'm doing some crazy things where – I'm playing a kicker captain type lineup. Um, I could play them both in there just to get super different and then isolate one receiver for each, uh, which would be Cup and Higgins. Um, But yeah, for me, it's going to be Burrow over Stafford if I get to either one of them. All right, let's move on over to the running backs, and we'll start with the Bengals side of things. Joe Mixon, $9,600 over on DraftKings. Samaj P. Ryan all the way down at $2,400 on this slate. The Rams allow just 3.65 yards per carry to running backs, third lowest in the NFL. That is the regular season and the postseason combined. Joe Mixon, I know that you are on the under in his receiving yards, and that's because... He hasn't really been that great in that regard. Uh, Under four yards per carry in seven of his last eight games. However, getting more involved as a pass catcher, 5.8 targets per game over his last five. What do you think about the price tag for Joe Mixon at 9,600? And then Samaj P. Ryan, maybe if we want to save some salary down at 2,400. Yeah, and just to be clear, I'm on the under in his rushing yards. You may have said receiving there. So yeah, okay. under on his rushing yards of 63 and a half, or it's probably at 62 and a half now, and, and I still like the under there. You know, I think there are paths for Mixon, but I definitely think it's through the passing game. The problem with that is Samaj Piran really is coming in quite a bit more than Mixon is on third down. So it would be it that doesn't mean Mixon's not playable, but it does mean I'm probably not playing him because I think he's gonna have to really catch a lot of passes and maybe get in the end zone to to really get to where you'd want him to be. So for me, he's a fade. I, I haven't really gotten to Samaj Piran as much as I like him as a third down back, as much as I like his over of eight and a half receiving yards and perhaps over one and a half catches. I, I still think 2,400, I don't think it's it's too much. I just don't think you get there when you're when you're making the lineups. It's really hard to get to Samaj Piran because typically you have to go lower to like the Skoronics and the Chris Evans and Jake Funks of the world if, if you want to dive that deep. So I'm really kind of avoiding this backfield. I do think, and I think Mike suggested this a show or two ago, and I totally agree. I think Jamar Chase maybe gets involved in the backfield a little bit too. That might take a little bit away from Joe Mixon. Keep in mind, they've had a couple weeks to game plan. They just saw what Debo was done all season, but last game as well. It really makes sense to get Chase the ball uh, behind the line of scrimmage. So that's another thing to consider, maybe a knock on Mixon. This is this is a really tough one. So I, I'm going to be off of Mixon and P. Ryan most likely. All right, you got to take your stand somewhere, and that's where C is going in terms of the Bengals' running backs. For the Rams, Cam Akers, the price is very affordable, but now he's dealing with this shoulder injury. He left the conference championship game. He returned to that game, but limited at practice on Wednesday. Cam Akers, $6,400 on this slate. Tony Michelle, just a little bit cheaper at 5K. Daryl Henderson is $1,600, so he's very cheap. Not sure what the role is going to be, but expected to return off of IR here for the Los Angeles Rams. Mike, we mentioned taking stands, uh, stands on the Rams running backs here. 
what are you thinking in, in terms of this position group? Yeah, as of right now, uh, I'm mostly going to be off of the Rams running game. Um, if I play one, it'll be Acres, but I, I'm mostly going to stay off of it. Uh, it doesn't feel good. It's not comfortable, but I, I'm going to focus heavily on kickers and defenses in this game. Uh, I think that they're just because of the what I'm projecting the Rams to be in a timeshare. I, I really, I, I think that we see the the three way split to be honest with you. So especially with so much time to prepare for this game, kind of like Sia mentioned with the Jamar Chase thing. Um, so as of right now, my stance is going to be off of Jamar Chase, off of um, the Rams running game and fill out the lineups in those other ways. Um, I, I do have some interest in Mixon. I thought what Sia said was super sharp and super interesting about Samaj Pirine, and I totally agree. It's very difficult to get to Pirine. So he hasn't flashed a ton of upside in terms of the yardage. He had one big play against Kansas City, happened to go for that touchdown. Outside of that, like, yes, he's been on the field. Yes, he, he's caught a few passes. But the scenario that I think that he, like, really drastically exceeds his value at that price point is honestly the scenario that Mixon gets hurt and leaves the game. And if that happens, Chris Evans is going to have opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I would much rather play him at $400 and stack the rest of my lineup up personally, uh, just because there's so much attention and so much focus on Samaj P. Ryan. Like we're talking about them. Everyone is talking about him. We're talking about his player props, all of those things, right? In my opinion, he's definitely going to be over-owned in these contests as people are desperately searching for value. I would way rather try to jam in the kickers personally. Uh, just where their price points are at. So I, I'm off Pirine as well. All right. And Go friends, ahead, so one thing I wanted to add, and it's kind of like my last stand on Cam Akers, because listen, I, I agree with the sentiment that it's really hard to touch any of those running backs. If you are going to do that, though, if you, if you decide you want to play a Rams running back, you kind of have to go all in, right? So I do think there's a scenario where you play Cam Akers as a captain. You say to yourself, okay, you know, Sony Michelle has been very ineffective. Daryl Henderson is, you know, hasn't played in two months. And we know Cam Akers is going to start the game. I mean, we're pretty positive about that. So if he, quote, has a hot hand early and he's he's getting, you know, four or five yards per carry, then I don't think he's going anywhere. And then all of a sudden you have that same narrative that we talked about at the beginning of last week, which is Rams defense is slightly dominant and you have the running game that's also dominant. So I, I just be I would be very careful to listen to Sean McVay and just like, oh, it's going to be a three back committee. That might be true, but that doesn't mean if you make five lineups, you don't have one or two of them with Cam Akers in it or with Cam Akers potentially as a captain, because that is a very easy path. If you think about it, if he ends up being the quote hot hand and the guy that starts and finishes the game, it's a very easy path to really kind of like dominating your tournament. If everybody else is like, well, I just I can't play into these running backs. And if I do, I'm certainly not playing him as a captain. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it, when it comes to the captain spot, if you're looking for someone in that mid tier that can outperform their projection, Cam Akers is one of those players. T. Higgins is one of those players. And it allows you to maybe do some other things and, and spend up at your flex spots by using one of those mid-tier players as your captain uh, on this slate. Let's move over to the Bengals pass catchers. Jamar Chase is 10,400. T. Higgins is 7,600. Tyler Boyd down at 5,400. And then T.J. Uzama is $4,400 on the slate. And per Ben Baby, who covers the Bengals for ESPN, he said, quote, Bengals coach Zach Taylor said it's hard to say for certain if tight end CJ Uzama will be able to play on Sunday in the Super Bowl. Said he'll be evaluated today and tomorrow. That was tweeted out earlier today on Thursday, February 10th. So as much as CJ Uzama wants to play, I get it. Obviously, it's the Super Bowl. It's the biggest game of his life there's still some uncertainty on how healthy he is and what his role might be. Mike, we'll start with you this time. Bengals pass catchers, you've talked about fading Jamar Chase. Uh, so expand on that. And, and maybe what happens here if CJ Uzama is either ruled out or severely limited in this game? Yeah, so the Jamar Chase fade uh, for a couple reasons. One, the price point is a little high. Uh, two, He's going to face his own defense and the Rams run this zone defense a lot and his yards per route fall off a cliff when they face zone defenses. And it makes a lot of sense. Similar to, you know, some of these other big play threats. Uh, it does limit the big play threat. What you want if you're Jamar Chase or if you are the Bengals, do you want Jamar Chase and man-to-man -man coverage? Uh, it's impossible to stop him against man-to-man -man coverage. Fortunately, the Rams aren't going to run a ton of that. 
uh, I think they're going to focus on him. I think their big focal point is going to be not give up the big play. If Joe Burrow is going to consistently make plays and march down the field and beat them, so be it. But they're not going to get there on two plays on a drive. I, that's just my opinion on how they're going to to field it. Uh, and then on the other side, T. Higgins uh, actually is slightly better against his own coverage. Definitely doesn't fall off at all. Uh, but if there's any additional focus on Jamar Chase whatsoever, I, I really like Higgins. Uh, I think he's a huge threat over the middle of the field. I think Joe Burrow obviously trusts him a lot. The price point is a lot better. So I like Higgins. I'll be playing him more than Jamar Chase. The only caveat on Jamar Chase, like Sia, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I think they're going to try and put the football in his hands as much as possible. Um, getting him the ball behind the line of scrimmage is probably a good idea. Um, he, he's got just so much upside anytime he touches the football. So we'll be watching out for that. But in, in DFS, just the popularity level, um, the big game, like I think I have to take that stance. Um, it's not going to feel great. Like you're obviously always fading that 75 yard touchdown. Um, but I, I'm going to do it. I like uh, T. Higgins. I think it's a perfect spot for him. All right, what do you think about the C.J. Uzama situation? I'm very anxious to see where the uh, the the sports books open the lines on it. So the good news is is it'll be a last minute call on my lineups, but I'll look for the where the player prop is on it, and that'll give me an indication of how healthy the general market thinks he is, um, and it will go from there. But as of right now, I don't have a ton of interest in playing it. Uh, I think that it, it's really difficult to get there. It's really difficult to get to some of the backups. Um, I think just general tight end note, what I plan to do if CJ Uzama is active and Tyler Higby is active, if those guys play, that's when I want to play Blanton and Sample. If they're inactive and Blanton and Sample are tight end ones, I'm totally off the tight ends. I just want them in the situation where they're not going to be the lead deal. I think that they're still going to play. Like I think I don't I don't envision the scenario where CJ Uzama, Tyler Higby, if they are able to play in this game, I don't envision the scenario where they're playing a full complement of snaps and playing every single snap. I just I, I don't think it's possible. The injury risk is obviously incredibly high for a re-injury when both players are being rushed back. So that's the scenario where I'd want to play the backups. Again, if they're ruled out and it's the backups from day one, I'm totally off the tight ends. All right. So if the tight ends are active, maybe look to play the backups there. You're going to get them at much lower ownership as well. That is Kendall Blanton and Drew Sample over on the Bengals side of things. Let's talk about the Rams pass catchers and see if you get the enjoyment of talking about one Cooper Cup, the best, arguably, wide receiver in the NFL. The price tag here, 11600 His teammate, Odell Beckham, 8400 We see 69 yards or a touchdown in each playoff game so far for OBJ, a 24% target share in the playoffs. Uh, on the other side of that, Van Jefferson, he's 5,200. The targets have gone way down, just 10% target share in the playoffs. And much like CJ Uzama, Tyler Higby dealing with the sprain MCL did not practice on Wednesday. It sounds pretty bad for Higby. Uh, and Kendall Blanton is his backup there, who went five for 57 on a 12% target share back in the conference championship. Uh, Sia, how are you looking to attack the Rams pass catchers in this game? So I think there's three pass catchers to focus on, and Van Jefferson is not one of them. I just don't think he's going to get enough of a share to be confident in playing him. Uh, if you want to throw a dart there, that's fine. But the dart that I'd want to throw would probably be Kent Kendall Blanton. And that's just because people aren't going to want to play him. And we know that the, the tight end position is, is a is a big part of the Rams offense. We know how well he did last week. He's priced up just enough where I just think he's going to be avoided for the most part. So if you want to stick him in your lineup instead of, let's say, Odell Beckham, because you're saying, well, Odell Beckham's going to get more opportunity, but Kendall Blanton has perhaps more touchdown equity. Um, I think that's fine. I, I, don't, I don't think that's a problem if that's how you want to get different with your lineup. I do like Cooper Cup. I mean, I, as much as I want to try to fade him, Maybe I'll fade him in my captain spot, and that's that's my you know alleged fade. But the, the reality is, I, I just think, especially against the Bengals defense, I, I don't think I think they did a good job trying to trying to limit Tyreek Hill, especially in the second half uh, last game. But I don't think they're going to be able to do that the way they play defense. I don't think they're going to be able to do that to uh, Cooper Cup. I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities. So I like Cup. I like Odell Beckham not as much as I liked him last game. So it, it's Cup and Beckham for me. Um, but I do think Blanton is a good pivot off of Beckham. 
Yeah, and this is a solid matchup for the Rams wide receivers as well. Uh, the Bengals have allowed a wide receiver to score a touchdown in nine straight games. They've allowed multiple wide receivers to score a touchdown in the same game two different times. So uh, it seems like a, a pretty safe bet that, that someone will see the end zone here, whether it's Cooper Cup, whether it's Odell Beckham, or or Van Jefferson somehow on, on maybe some kind of uh, deep play here. Mike, anything that you'd like to add on the Rams pass catchers? I just, I love Odell Beckham. Uh, I think it's a great spot for him. Um, you know, I, I think that if you want to get creative in the betting market too, uh, say you can't quite get to Odell Beckham in your lineups and you've got a lot of Cooper Cup and you're worried about him hurting you by not having him, there are some fun props out there that you can bet, basically bet Odell Beckham to have more receiving yards than Cooper Cup, things like that, uh, that offer some really, really nice payoffs. But uh, I, I love him. I'll be playing him pretty heavily. Uh, it's to the point on Odo Beckham, honestly, where his ceiling is that and the price savings, I'm considering playing him over one of the quarterbacks here in DFS. All right. Yeah. And you're getting about a $2,000 savings uh, when when playing Odell Beckham instead of those quarterbacks. See, I realized I didn't give you an, uh, an opportunity to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Are you worried about Jamar Chase maybe as much as Mike is? Yes, I'm not playing Jamar Chase. I mean, it doesn't mean he's not going to make at least one of my lineups, but it's T. Higgins for me all day. I, I think, you know, with C.J. Uzama being likely out or very ineffective, one of the two, I do think, like, as much as we think Boyd is going to be that guy, I really think Burrow, when he goes through his progressions, it, it almost doesn't matter what the coverage is. It's Jamar Chase, it's T. Higgins. They, they really suck up a lot of the targets at 6'4", uh, against against the, the way the Bengals play defense. I see him kind of lowering his, his uh, depth of target and being the safety blanket uh, down the middle uh, quite a bit. And that's part of the reason I like the receptions prop. So I like the price break. I'm taking T Higgins. Yeah. And I'll, I'll quickly just touch on Tyler Boyd. I like his over yardage prop. I, I believe it's at 40 and a half right now over on Caesars because the Rams play a lot of zone. I don't think that CJ Uzama will see a full complement of snaps or routes in this game, but I don't like the price tag in this spot. 5,400. It's just like in that middle part of like, you know, it's just not low enough for me. Uh, I don't think the upside is massive either. So I think he can go over that yardage prop. He'll, you know, maybe he gives you like five for 45. But, you know, even then, like at his price point, I just I don't think it's worth uh, paying for Tyler Boyd there. Everyone's favorite part of the podcast. And by everyone, I mean mine, because I like hearing Mike talk about kickers and defenses. So Evan McPherson is 4K. He has 11 plus DraftKings points in nine of his last 10 games. Matt Gay, the Rams kicker, $3,800. He has seven plus DK points in nine of his last 10 games. And then we have the Rams, uh, Rams defense down at 3,400. And the Bengals defense down at 3,200. Mike, maybe rank them in terms of priority that you want to play them. McPherson, Gay, Rams defense, Bengals defense. Uh, I'll go Matt Gay first, Evan McPherson second, Rams defense third, Bengals defense fourth, uh, and probably not going to play the Bengals defense. Um, But I, I will play both kickers and the Rams defense for sure. And I like that you pointed out the number of fantasy points in the last X number of games or whatever. Uh, Go look at someone you just talked about, Tyler Boyd or Van Jefferson, and go look at Sonny Michelle, all those guys that are more expensive, how often they score double-digit fantasy points in their last 10 games, right? The kickers are absolutely a no-brainer in this contest. All right. See ya. How about for you, kickers and defenses? You playing them? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have uh, probably a little bit more of Matt Gay than Evan McPherson, even though I understand McPherson's a better kicker. That's more a game script thing. And I think this Rams defense could really potentially take over this game. I, I You know, I, I, it's not one of those things where I think it's 100 percent, but I, I see a game script where they just can't protect Joe Burrow. And that leads to some sacks, potentially some fumbles and, and potentially some picks. And it wouldn't shock me if the Rams get in the end zone. All right. The defense, if the Rams defense gets in the end zone. The Don's sneaky pick, my pops. He's come through a few times here throughout the course of the season. Gabriel Davis, a couple of rounds ago, had that monster game against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Don was on him. Who does he have here in the Super Bowl? I called him up. I said, Dad, we need a sneaky pick. Who you got? He goes, T. Higgins. I said, that's not sneaky enough. He's $7,600. So the Don does like T. Higgins as well. But I said, give me another one. I need someone cheaper than that. Sony Michelle, 5K. So... If something happens to Cam Akers, maybe we see it open up a little bit for Sony Michelle. We know that the Bengals' rush defense has struggled a little bit. That is the Don sneaky pick here in the Super Bowl. Sony Michelle at 5K. We're going to wrap it all up like we've done all season long with our Super Bowl cheat sheet. This time, we will not be giving you a stack because, frankly, 
I think that would be kind of weird. There's only two quarterbacks and a bunch of pass catchers for those guys to choose from. So we will go chalk. We will go one contrarian pick, and we will go with our favorite captain pick here in the Super Bowl. Sia, you are up first, my friend. I already missed stacking. I just want to say Josh Allen to <laughs> Stefan Dix, just so I can like feel that energy from before. Okay, so um, let's start with uh, let's start with the chalk. I, I, you know, I I don't know if this qualifies as chalk. I'm pretty sure it does, even though I think it's kind of a value. T Higgins at 7600. I, I like him quite a bit, as I've said before. Um, I'll go value next. It's Rams defense for me. To be honest with you, it was between Rams defense. Uh, Matt Gay and Ben Skoronek, and and I just I'm going to go Rams defense because I know I'm going to be playing a decent amount of them, and my contrarian play and people might not think this is contrarian, but I do at this point it's Cam Akers. I just don't think people are going to be willing to play much of him. They're certainly not going to be willing to play him in the captain spot, and I just might do that. Well, see ya. I appreciate you giving us an extra value pick there, but I also need a captain pick from you. Your favorite captain here. Oh, oh, my bad. Well, it's all good. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, T Higgins is my favorite captain. All right, so you've got T. Higgins as your chalk and your captain play. Just letting you know that. Yeah, that's a good point. So Mike will go, and then I'll change something. <laughs> all right, it's all good. Mike, you're up here. You got uh, a chalk pick, a contrarian play, and your favorite captain on the slate. Uh, chalk pick for me is going to be Cooper Cup. I'm going to not fade him at my own risk this week. I like him a lot. Uh, contrarian play, we've mentioned it probably four times today. Chris Evans, uh, playing him at $400. I think there's a scenario that he touches the football at least once in this game, and that will make me very excited. And then my captain, I'm going T. Higgins. Uh, he's my favorite captain spot. Um, I'll give you a second one because we've all kind of talked about it. I'll say Joe Mixon. Uh, I think that Joe Mixon can score touchdowns in this game. No one's going to play him at captain relative to his true upside, so that's why I like him. All right, see ya. You've had some time. I owe you a, I, I owe you a chalk, is that right? Either chalk or captain. Well, let's go Cooper Cup. I know that's the same as Mike. This is a this is a one game slate. It does make sense to play Cooper Cup, so uh, I'll go with that. All right, the chalk pick for Sia Cooper Cup. His contrarian was Cam Akers. His captain was T Higgins. For Mike, we had chalk was also Cooper Cup. Contrarian Chris Evans down at four hundred dollars, and his captain play either T Higgins or Joe Mixon. Chalk. I mean, again, it's the Super Bowl. We've only had so many players to choose from. I'm going with T Higgins as well. Seventy six hundred. We're all over T Higgins. I can't wait till he goes like three for 40. It's going to be a great game. Uh, so I do like him in this matchup. I think that the Rams defense will will really focus on trying to slow down Jamar Chase. And as a result, you know, we see some looser coverage for T Higgins, I think potentially could get loose and targeted in the red zone as well. He's a really big body there in that part of the field. Contrarian, the Bengals DST. I don't think anyone wants to play the Bengals DST and I get it. The Rams are playing at home. They have this high-powered offense. Stafford uh, throwing touchdowns all season long. But they've put up 8-plus DK points in uh, three straight games. And they've made some plays. They can get after the quarterback. They can turn the ball over. We've seen that throughout the course of uh, this entire postseason. Stafford been prone to the the, the interception as well. Some, he's made some really, really bad throws this year. So maybe, maybe. Just maybe we can get a pick six here out of the Bengals defense at 3,200. I'm going to take a few shots on them. And then my captain spot, we talked about him a little bit earlier as well. Odell Beckham, 8,400. One of those mid-tier players who I think can outperform his projection, potentially have a really, really big game in this spot. I'm with you, Mike. I bet the over on his longest reception already. I got it at 22.5. I believe it's up to 23.5. Target share has been up. Three really strong games in the postseason as well. And the stage, the Super Bowl stage is a set. For someone like Odell Beckham, I think we could see a really big game from OBJ here in this spot. All right, guys, we did it. Our first season is in the books. Regular season, postseason, Super Bowl, showdown, main slates. It's, it's been fun. It's, it's slowly, slowly wrapping up for the year. How do you think you do? Uh, we did this year? CEO, what grade would you give us? I'd give us, because I always want to leave room for improvement. So That's I'm right. going to give us a B plus. All right. I can live with that. I, I, you know, I've been a, a B plus player for a, a large portion of my life. Mike, what do you think? I honestly, I was going to say the B plus there. I don't know if I can upgrade one up from there. So I, I don't know. I'll, I'll say B or B plus. Room right. for improvement. It's going to be. It's going to be great next year. It's going to be great. I think it was great this year. It'll be even better next year as well. We will have one more podcast next week. Um, but for these guys, for Sia and Mike, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching. This Super Bowl edition of Fantasy Football Today at DFS will be back again on Tuesday. We will see you then.